Welcome back. Um, we just watched episode, what was that, six? I'm losing count now. Yeah, episode six um, of The Chosen. Um, and, and you start to get to see uh, the disciples of Jesus following and, and, and kind of the, the very beginnings of what his ministry could have looked like. Um, and so we're going to keep walking through this. I uh, just first want to talk about the episode. Uh, we see several things here. Um, we see, uh, you know, the the Simon, you know, kind of getting to to walk in a little bit more with Jesus here. Um, you know, we don't see him as much, but you know, Jesus. One of the things that we'll talk about, I think, more next week or the week after, I think, episode eight, um, is how Jesus recognizes the the people and the things that are going on in our lives and i think that's really important but we'll come back to that um so we get to see simon kind of developing and and uh his character and his walk with jesus um you know just the way he looks at matthew at some points he's like you know maybe uh softening up in a sense um to matthew um but we'll see more of that later we see nicodemus a lot in this episode um which is important because it sets up uh, next episode a lot for, for Nicodemus. But uh, we see Nicodemus seeing things and, and kind of declaring on behalf of, of what he's seeing and uh, defending uh, kind of his uh, understanding and, and how his understanding is growing. But, but we kind of get to see Nicodemus growing a little bit here. We see Matthew um, just questioning what he's seeing. Um, you know, one of the quotes is, is uh, you know, when he runs into uh, Peter and Andrew, Matthew says, they don't believe what I saw, but I do. I, I need to know, I, am I deceived? You know, um, Matthew's just really trying to figure things out, um, just like Nicodemus um, at this point. Uh, we continue to see Mary um, challenged and growing um, in her walk, you know, kind of one of her biggest things or quotes of this episode is, is she says, um, I don't want to interrupt my teacher by causing a scene and the paralytic responds, what if you were me? Um, and she's like, I, I was you. you know, just recognizing that she was in that exact same place. Um, you know, we get to see two incredible stories um, in scripture, the, the healing of a leper and healing of the paralytic. Um, you know, the leper, please don't turn me away. Um, Jesus says, I won't. You know, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus heals him. Um, and the paralytic, you know, being dropped through the roof. And Jesus forgiving his sins, being challenged by the, the religious leaders. And then healing him um, just to show who he is. So so we get to see a lot more in this episode. And, uh, you get to see kind of disciples just hanging out, camping out. Um, you kind of get to see what life might have been like, you know, on the road in a sense, uh, which is kind of kind of cool. Uh, you get to see Zebedee and, and you know, James and John's parents again, um, and they stay at their house. And you see a lot of Jesus' teaching, which is really cool. Um, a bunch of stories that we do see in Scripture and maybe how they would have been taught. Um, and how Jesus probably taught these things over and over again uh, to different audiences. Anyway, 
Uh, we see uh, Abigail, Abigail and Joshua, the kids of episode three. Um, we see Gaius again, the, the Roman soldier. Oops. The Roman soldier um, that guards Matthew or that's with Matthew. Um, we see uh, Quintus again. We see, man, all sorts of people. Eden a little bit. Um, starting to see all these characters again, which is kind of, to me, it's always good when, when they can continue doing these this kind of character development. Because the, the whole point of this, remember, we're not watching The Chosen because it is Scripture. You know, The Chosen is, yes, based off of Scripture, but they take a lot of liberty when it comes to development. We, we don't know uh, who Peter's wife was, or uh, we don't know if this healing happened in Zebedee's house. We don't know... Um, if Jesus looked up and said, hey, your faith is beautiful, which would be really cool, right, if he said it to us. But it helps us ask the question, again, this whole focus for us, what does it mean to be chosen? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Um, and so we've been walking through that. Uh, little by little, we've been walking through what does it mean to be chosen? Um, and reading this passage out of Isaiah 43. Let me read it again. If you haven't, read it with me. Um, but starting in verse 1, it says, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Point number one, or, or lesson number one, was, what does it mean to be chosen? It means you are called. It continues in verse 2, saying, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. What does it mean to be chosen? It means that you rest. You rest in Him, and you rely on Him for, you know, everything. And He'll take you through even the craziest of times. Uh, keep going, verse three and four. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I've given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sabad in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you and peoples in exchange for your life. What does it mean to be chosen? You are cherished. That God is willing to give it all for you. He cherishes you. We saw that in episode 3 um, with the children. Episode 4, we, we focused on Isaiah 43, verse 5 and 7, which says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring. Um... I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You know, the whole point that we focused on in, in Lesson 4 with the the, the catch of fish and, and Simon and, and, and Andrew and James and John, anyway, what does it mean to be chosen? It means you change course. That God is calling us all. He's, he's redirecting our lives, and we must change course. Um, and so, uh, episode five, um, what does it mean to be chosen? Uh, we, we looked at uh, verse eight and ten in Isaiah 43. It says, Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations gather together. Um, 
and, and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right and let them hear it and say, It is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was, was formed, nor shall there be any after me. So again, episode 5. Um, we get to see John the Baptist um, quite a bit. Um, the wedding um, and, and, and lots of things start happening and stories start being shared about who Jesus is. So what does it mean to be chosen? It means you are a witness. And so we come to episode 6. And honestly, I want to start with, with this before we jump into that Isaiah passage again. I want to ask you, how have the characters changed? How have they, they changed from when we first met them to now? Or how are they changing? We kind of talked about this a little bit already, but let's, let's kind of dive into this. Mary, you know, she had that moment with the paralytics. She's like, I was you because, you know, she was in a very deep and dark place. There was no hope for her in, in her head. Um, just like the leper, you know, leprosy was a, a, a condemning disease. You know, as soon as you got it, um, in any way, you were condemned. You were done. You were an outcast. You were kicked out. You were you were you were done. Um, you know, we see the picture of the guy at the very beginning of this this episode trying to sell his trade. He can't do it anymore because, well, he has leprosy. He might have been good at it, but he he can't do like he's he's finished. Um, and we see uh, the the crowd, the, the people's reaction, the store person's reaction to that. Uh, but anyway, she was kind of in that same place. And, and it's important for us all to realize that we are all in that same place, that without Jesus, we're done, we're finished. So, so Mary, um, she was definitely lost and alone. Uh, we see Nicodemus, um, starting to really kind of accept some of the things that he's hearing, even some of the crazy things that he heard from John the Baptist in the last episode. He's now trying to teach those same things to his students. And he doesn't even fully understand it all yet, but he's asking questions. He's seeking answers. I mean, you can start him seeing him uh, really question and challenge and, 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 and um, wonder uh kind of what's what's going on um so so anyway we start to see nicodemus change um we see simon he, he's kind of growing in his uh walk with jesus the very beginning of this i mean we're going to see a lot of growth over the next couple of episodes and really the next several seasons as long as the show keeps going um but you see it in scripture but you start to see some change <clears throat> i think a, a very notable one for me at least as Matthew, um, you start to see, and he's not even the, the focus of this episode, but you start to see Matthew uh, question. Um, you start to see him in just awe, um, surprised, like like he's following Simon and, and, and Andrew around, um, and he gets caught, and he's like, look, I just need to know. I need to know what's going on, um, because he's always relied on his logic. And now his logic is failing him because it's just not making sense. It's not adding up. Um, he's also not 
you know, doesn't know all the pieces of the puzzle yet. He doesn't understand that this truly is the Messiah. Um, and you see at the very end of the episode, he's following still, and Jesus turns around and looks at him. And there's this moment of connection. I think Jesus knows exactly what's going on. He's like, oh, this, that's my next disciple. And Matthew's like, oh, wait. Like, like normally, this is just kind of me responding here. You know, when, when you're, tra- you're following someone and they turn around and see you, you're, you respond in fear. Like, oh, crap, I've been caught. Run away. But I think, I wonder if Matthew looks at him and is like, oh, no. Why don't I feel afraid in this moment? Like, why? I'm looking straight at this guy. He's caught me. But there's a, you know, anyway, uh, that's just kind of interesting. We start to see change. And so here's here's a question I want you to kind of answer. Is, is which of these uh, guys or girls or whoever in the story, the kids, the, the Roman people, the, the religious people, the audience, the... Uh, host of the, the party, it turned into a party. Um, which can you relate to? Which can you relate to? Because there's a lot going on here. Um, and here's kind of the point I want to make today. Uh, what does it mean to be chosen? It means that you are made new. You are made new. Isaiah 43, verse 11 through 13 says, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed. When there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And I am God, and henceforth I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand I work, and who can turn it back. What does it mean to be chosen? It means you are made new. I want to read another passage real quick. And I don't have much today, um, because I'm exhausted. But Second um, Corinthians five uh, says uh, in verse seventeen to twenty-one says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself, brought us back into right relationship." with himself, not counting our trespasses against us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal to the world through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he has made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, Jesus did for us what the law, what the rules what religion couldn't do in us. He did for us what the rules couldn't do for us. Meaning the sinless Son of God kept the law of Moses perfectly and therefore had no sin of his own to die for. But in keeping with the law, he died for our sins in our place. He suffered our rightful consequence. And so the the law exposes our desperate need for, for salvation that only comes through faith in, in Jesus, who is the fulfillment of the law, the prophets, and the, and the, and the covenants. You know, this is, this is important. Because as we read the scripture, and as we look at, at more of scripture, we see, we see two covenants. I mean, we have this Old Testament and this uh, uh, New Testament. Um, and pretty much they're pointing to, you know, this Old, old Testament, this Old Covenant, this Old Relationship, 
um, you know, set in motion uh, with Abraham and, 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 you know, with Moses and David, you know, you have this, this declaration from God saying, hey, I'm going to be with you, just follow me. And it was all, you know, and, and Israel fell, fell into this repetitive cycle of, of sinning, of, of, um, of repenting, of returning, of repeating, all of that. You know, Israel became the living and breathing picture of humanity's desperate need for change. You know, they're, they're stuck in this, this cycle, this sin cycle. You know, God said, hey, I'll be with you. Just follow me. Don't sin. Um, and what do they do? They sin over and over and over again. You know, God enacts these Ten Commandments, these laws. You know, what happens? They break all of these laws over and over and over again. And what was God doing? Was he setting them up for failure? No, this is, this is so important. To me, this is something that I've come to learn more and more recently. Is you know, Israel's persistent failure to keep this covenant with God led to something else. God used this to lead to this new covenant. But why did he do that? Why did he do it that way? Um, and I think it's so important to realize is, you know, God will put some things in our lives just to help us understand that, that we need him, that there needs to be an overhaul to the whole system. That there's nothing that we can do to earn our way, nothing that we can do to get it right on our own. That that it, it is it has to be clear to us that the need for Jesus, that that we have this need for Jesus to do what we could never do for ourselves. And that means that you know this 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 new covenant with Jesus, it wasn't Plan B, it was always Plan A. But he needed this other, uh, you know, this law to show us our sin, to show us um, how how lost and messed up we are. You know, are we in that same place um, as the paralytic and, and, and as Mary? Um, what if you were me? Oh, I was you because I was lost. We got to remember that. Otherwise, we get caught up in not trying to interrupt something that seems decent, something that seems good, because we don't want to cause a scene. Maybe that's exactly what God wants us to see is, is a scene. Um, if we're just following the rules, not that any of the rules are bad or anything, but they're there to show us that we can't measure up. And if we're just following the rules, if we're just trying to do it by ourselves, we're going to miss the point. Through Jesus, we have forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God. But that's not all. Because just as God said in Isaiah 43, 13, there is none who can deliver from my hand. I work. Who can turn it back? See, God is faithful to finish where he starts which means that once we belong to him, nothing and no one can undo it. You know, even with, with bad influences, past trauma, sin, some of that can remain in our lives. But so does God. God remains. He never leaves. He never forsakes us. He continues to work in our hearts and minds as we follow. As we follow him, 
transforming us from the inside out? Why are these characters changing? Which one of these characters do you relate to? And answer the question real quick, why are they changing? Because they're following, they're seeking out Jesus. Even if they're not all the way there yet, they're not a disciple yet. Matthew's not a disciple yet in this show. He's changing. Nicodemus isn't a disciple yet in this show. But you see he's changing. Mary and Simon, they've, they've committed to be disciples, but they're still changing. They're still growing. He's transforming us from the inside out. And just as, as he was committed to Israel, in spite of their, their weaknesses and failures, the repetitive sin cycle, he commits himself to, to anyone who believes in, in him, the one who he has sent in Jesus. Um, and so... What does it mean to to be chosen? It means you are made new. That you are made new. And to walk in that newness, to to and keep uh, allowing yourself to be transformed and changed. Um, and to let that relationship with Jesus and overhaul the system. Wake you up to what is new, and to what's happening in you. And so, man, what does it mean to be chosen? You're made new. And keep checking out uh, this series. Keep digging into the Word. Revisit 2 Corinthians 5, 17-21, Isaiah 43, verse uh, 11-13, I think. Um, Or was it 11-14? I don't know. Anyway, um, man, there's, there's so many good things. You know, we have the leper, we have this paralytic, um, and they've been made new. They've been impacted because they sought out a guy they didn't really fully understand yet. But man, just a simple encounter with Jesus, how that transformed their lives. So what's holding you back from the kind of bold faith that the leper had or that the friends of the paralytic had? Or that in this episode, that the, the faith that, that Mary had to risk interrupting, making a scene again. Or the faith that it takes just to be in the crowd, listening to the words of Christ. Um, man, there's so many people to identify with here. And so many examples of what it means to be made new when you follow Jesus, when you seek him out. So I encourage you, whatever you're doing today, um, find ways to seek him out to follow, um, and, and, and make note of how you are being made new. Let me pray, um, and then I wish uh, peace on, on your day as, as you walk with him. Father God, we just thank you that, that you continue to seek us out, that you continue to work in us, and even when we're caught in a repetitive sin cycle. God, I just thank you for your, your works, your love. God, I thank you for um, this show. God, your word, uh, man, definitely your word, but God, most importantly, your son. And, and the example he set for us, the words he gave to us, the the the, the compassion that he showed us. And God, that through him you've reconciled us, that you've saved us, and God, that you've transformed us, that we're no longer stuck in our old ways, but God, you've made us new. And you've allowed us, uh, you've given us everything we need to break out of those old cycles. 
God, through your forgiveness and through your grace. God, help us to follow you and to continue growing in your change, in your wonder, in your goodness. God, that may we be your witness. May we be your ambassadors to the world. So God, just thank you. I love you. Um, and I pray for those who are listening, um, that we might all follow you a little bit better, a little bit more today. And God, just most importantly, that we embrace um, that change in us, that we embrace that grace that you've extended to us. So God, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Dan, thanks for joining us. I know today was a little bit shorter, um, but uh, that's what happens when you have a baby, right? The days start getting shorter, right? Anyway, <laughs> keep diving into the Word. Um, remember, Jesus is looking at you as you follow, and he's looking up to you and saying, hey, your faith is beautiful too. <laughs> I love that. So um, that's it. Shalom.